Remember what I said a few weeks back? About those 13 kids. They had found that chasm just at the edge of the city. A rope had been cut middle of the night, leaving all of them stranded or dead from the fall. Well, there's a story I heard about who it was that cut the rope. It was the three boys of the Gray family. They're not boys anymore, of course. This was some 40 years ago. Now, I understand those that know can be corrupt or power-hungry, but this act seems targeted. There are, of course, rumors about what that secret knowledge is that these families supposedly hold. That missing piece that they dangle above our heads. I think that missing piece is about what's outside of heart. I think we're trapped in here, and they know why. And maybe the answer is in these trees, or in those mists, or in that chasm. But the moment we get too close, that rope will be cut. Hello, and welcome to Heart the State Within. My name is Blake Croft. I will be your game master and your keeper for the evening, and it is my pleasure to welcome the players. Jacob. Hey, guys. I'm Jacob. Katie. Hi, I'm Katie. And Alex. Hey, I'm Alex. For all you keen listeners out there, you'll notice that Lily is not (laughs) here this week. She will uh, be back next week, but we will um, play without her. She's on holiday break. Um, we, yeah, check out our links in the description, join our discord and let's, let's get into it. Last we left off in episode 10, you all had come up with a plan to, to get Teal back from the walkers who had supposedly taken her from the apartment. These blue coated men had come in and ransacked the place and taken her to from what you're told, a manner where those that know often stay when they come into these outer districts. You all had formulated a plan for Atticus to knock on the door and maybe attempt to kidnap Francis Walker, who is the eldest son of the Walker family. Going to the manor, Ted, Annie, and, and Dot is also there. You stood outside hiding from view, and Atticus, you walked up to the door and knocked on it. And instead of being greeted by one of the walkers, you were greeted by your father, Silas Salt. And that's where we pick up right now. As you see, he is a huge presence of a man. Atticus. Well, we weren't expecting to see you here. Uh, father? What what are you doing here? Well, I was just sitting down for dinner. Would you like to join us? I suppose so. I didn't really know where else to go. Hear all this business of those who know and things happening. I just, I've managed on my own for this long, but right now I don't feel safe. I understand, Atticus. Um, well, come. The table's been set. Right. Yes, yeah, I'll come right in. You follow your father into this manner and these tall ceilings boast like gold carvings all over the you know crown molding and gold borders on paintings and cabinets and you see these very lavishly decorated rugs and you know dressers and things you walk through this candlelit hallway and into the dining room here and you see that it is a 
long table. And at the far side of the table sits a man that you likely recognize as uh, Rex Walker, the father of the Walker family. And to his left and right are Clarissa Walker, his wife, and Francis Walker, his eldest son. On the center of the table, you see a large boar-like creature that has been probably recently killed and cooked, and you see it sits on this big gold platter. Still not eaten, but steaming. Your father beckons for you to sit down uh, across from him on the other side of the table. I, um, yeah, I just sit down without a word. I think going through my head right now is just like, hmm, this is about the worst thing that could have happened in yeah. this moment. Sure. I think that's fair. I think your father is being cordial, but at the same time, there is lots of tension there, even even in him and in the walkers. And you can tell already the atmosphere is like pulled taut. All the air in the room feels like it's gone. And everyone is looking at each other, just back and forth. And Rex Walker, the the sort of top of the food chain in the Walker family, stands up. Atticus, well, we haven't seen you in, what has it been, a few years? Um, something like that. Blake, is there like a title that we give to these, like, is it like Lord or... Yeah, it would be, it would sir, be Lord. Just... Sir, sir would also be acceptable, uh, probably more acceptable among the elite families, but, but Lord would be like the official sign of respect. Okay, good to know. I'm just, I think my eyes are kind of darting around between everybody trying to like get a, maybe can I observe a situation? Maybe see what, uh, yeah, sure. Do how people are feeling exactly. Are they like unsure? Are they, you know, well, I guess yeah, why don't you roll a, why don't you roll read a person and we'll just say sort of about the room in general. Okay. All right. So, um, I accidentally reveal my own intentions. Oh, okay. A fail. And what are your intentions here? I want to see if anyone is suspicious of each other. If there's tension, sorry, if there's tensions between the family specifically. Okay. I think this like revealing of intentions reveals you as, you know, not as like, oh, well, I'm, you know, part of this group, blah, blah, blah. But I think reveals you as an outsider who is maybe coming here not just to, not to like reunite with his family, right? Right. Someone who is careful of this situation and on edge. And you see, you know, you didn't do the read a person, like you didn't succeed on that, but just to say like everyone else is on edge as well. It's just maybe you can't tell exactly who they're on edge with. Um, but Clarissa Walker speaks up, the the the, the mother of the, of the Walker family. And she goes, your father had told us uh, about your coming back into the city recently. The outskirts, I'm, I'm sure, were, were far too filthy. Um, dangerous, too, I, I imagine. We heard you had been living out there. You know, assaults are resourceful as ever. I managed okay, but yes, you're right, far too filthy. And, and uh, your father speaks up for the first time since you've sat down and sort of under, under his breath goes, not that this district is much better. Uh, rampant crime and whatnot, but... But yes, we are glad to see you here. I guess it's nice to see some familiar faces. How has it been since the day I left? Since I've seen my father. Uh, you tell me, but I, I imagined think so. yes, I, yes. I think so, yeah, yeah. And and again, I think we mentioned this, but like y- there have been times where you suspected that, or even maybe outright found like eyes on the ground, but um, you know, like spies from your father, but never, never in a nefarious way. You know, more like just checking on what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I th- Yeah, I think I just kind of keep my words to a minimum. I'm not really sparking up any conversation. Okay. Uh, Rex comes around with a... He pulls a large knife off of the other side of the platter. It almost looks like a small sword. And he begins to cut into this boar. Ted and Annie. Outside, the, the plan has... 
well, gone uh, at least slightly awry. What what are we doing here? So to us, though, we just think he's taking a long time because we don't know. Well, yeah, I think I think you were close okay. enough to maybe you know hear a little bit. I don't think you know exactly what's like going on, but I think maybe you know something's his gone wrong. The door. Yeah. So Plan B, <laughs> which is let's let's figure that out right now. I I. Th- me if I'm wrong, but I think last episode there was some discussion about a back way in, like a, through a. There is a, a hedge, hedge maze. maze. There's a hedge maze on the back, and a patio where you know people might be sitting. You know what I think it is? I think it was Clarissa Walker and Francis Walker sitting outside, and we'll say they had just come in uh, for dinner, sort of at the same time as as Atticus has. Yeah, so the, the hedge maze in the back d- is pretty close to the patio, which is pretty close to the dining room. But they're, you know, you could probably see in from around there, but the question is whether they could see you. You know, we could try something like that. At least try to, like, eavesdrop. I don't know. Did I, Do we know that that was Francis, like, outside with his with his mom when they were there? We I that, think you, do we know could, you could maybe deduce that. Okay, because then in my mind, maybe we should get closer. If he goes back out there again, we like might be our best chance to get him. So should we try to start headed back that way at least? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. You head around the back of the house. There, the patio is very ornate, right? There's small walls that have little inlets for for plants. And is that my saying that word right? Maybe like. You know, little little carvings in the small walls that have have plants growing in them, uh, and it's it's fairly easy to hide behind those and be able to get a glimpse through this large window that opens to the dining room. And you see, you know, you feel vulnerable here, but you're pretty confident that they can't see you uh, unless they were really really looking for you. You see the the same scene: five people at a table, Atticus and his father, and three of the walkers, and you might get glimpses here and there, fragments of speech. Okay. Um, better so, than nothing. Yeah, better than nothing. Back inside. Uh, you all, you have all gotten your plate of, of boar. Atticus, are you eating in, in, in silence? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will speak when spoken to, but... Okay. After, like, a minute passes, and Silas, your father, goes... Atticus, did you ever see um, Alice again? I know you were quite upset over her face down in his food the whole time, not making eye contact. As soon as that name exits his mouth, I just kind of drop the silverware on the table and just look look up at him, daring him to meet my gaze. He sort of loses his head to the side for a second, and then he does meet your gaze. You see there is one of these blue-coated guards in the corner of the room who stands now at attention. You know, I'm sorry that you dealt with such a loss, but to be honest, I'm glad it happened. She was bad for you, Atticus. You know I that. I slam my fist on the table like with a steak knife in hand okay. and just that's like say nothing. Just jerk the table with the knife. Yeah, I think I, I think Francis gets a little uh, spooked there and and does his best to just like slink into his chair and not be a part of this situation. You were a different person around her, Atticus. You retreated into yourself, stopped being part of the family. Is now really the time to bring this up? Well, the time has been the last few years, Atticus. We haven't seen you. I mean. For God's sake, you... you ran away. What did you want me to do? What did you expect me to do? Atticus, you know you are of age now, yes? The age to... to know. To know the family secret. If you came back, Atticus, we would have you. You could be part of the family again. I would rather not have this discussion in front of our old friends. I see. I'm sure Lord Walker does not want to see our dirty laundry aired. 
Yes, well, um, apologies, Rex. We, um, my son and I haven't seen each other for quite some time. And, well, what's to talk about? Well then, Atticus, if you weren't planning on reuniting some dramatic, joyous reunion, then why are you here? For starters, I didn't think you would be here. I see. You have business with Rex, then. I just wasn't sure where else to go. You can always come home, Atticus. That is not an option. Well, um, I won't interrupt, please. Um, whatever you came here to ask or came here to do, then, then get on with it. I have nothing to do. I did not come here with some agenda. I was searching for safe haven and knew that a childhood friend, and I'll kind of like look at uh, Francis. Yeah, you see he's like basically sitting on his back now. He's so far down in his chair. <laughs> I figured if anyone, I could reunite with an old friend. Rex speaks up. Well, that's that's wonderful, Atticus. Thank you for coming to us. We can certainly put you up somewhere, somewhere safe, away from all this, these troubles in the outer districts. Good. That's, uh, I appreciate it. That's all I, I just heard whispers of strange happenings. Yes. <laughs> well, strange things certainly are happening. They happen every day. It's an exceptional hog. Where where did you get it? Clip that. Um, Francis shot it just, just yesterday. It's a fine job, fine beast. You'll have to show me what you've been learning these past few years. Francis speaks for the first time. He goes, yeah, thanks. Um, I couldn't. We could go out sometime, but like he's he's looking at his his dad for every word for approval. I'm just gonna kind of pick up my utensils and uh, keep going. I'm trying to formulate some kind of plan. <laughs> sure. You keep eating, and your father, after another minute, goes, "You know, Atticus, there have been rumors that um, well, we've been having problems lately." People, selfish people, trying to, well, stop any progress made in the city. And there have been rumors, hopefully just rumors, nothing more, about one of the children running around and, and working behind our backs. And, well, you wouldn't happen to know anything about that, now, would you? I don't keep in contact, Father, you know that. And if you're insinuating that it could be me... I have no interest in anything that large scale. Everything, everything to me is just meaningless. I see. Still stuck in the past. I'm stuck in a past you created for me, Father. <laughs> let's, let's not be too hasty. I didn't do anything that wasn't for your benefit. But you did do something, didn't you? Say it. What do you want to hear from me, Atticus? What I already know. I just want to hear you say it. Atticus, this is childish. This is, I mean, even from you, ridiculous. Really. Are you embarrassed of it? Do you feel guilt? She wasn't good for you, Atticus. She was pulling you away from us. You have to understand, Atticus, this is the childishness that I've been talking about. Sometimes sacrifices have to be made. Sometimes progress means death. What did you do to her? I had her taken away. Tell me what you did to her. Who do you think I am, Atticus? Nothing cruel. She was never hurt. She didn't feel it, at least. Finally. Finally, you had the balls to admit that you are a cold-blooded murderer. Oh, please, Atticus. I'm going to take my steak knife and drive it through his hand into the table. Okay. Um, 
I, th- I think that just I think that happens. I don't think he's expecting that. Um, I think so. I think you drive the knife into his hand, sure. and immediately the walkers stand up from their side of the table, and the guard in the room draws his weapon and and points it at you. I will draw my. I will take my own sword and point it at the guard. Try something. I fucking dare you. Kind of like knife in one hand, sword in the other, pointing. Your your father, who is like, just he's trying to hold back the pain, but you hear him wincing and 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 breathing heavy. Atticus, I know. You don't understand. You've never understood. But we have to clear the way. Twist the knife. Yeah, I think I think the the guard points his points his weapon at you. Your your father like holds a hand up to to stop him from shooting. Oh, he has a gun. <laughs> he has a gun. Yeah. I thought he had a sword. No, oh, man, no, I was he, has a, balls he, has, he has a gun. He has a gun in his hand. Atticus, I hope you never have to make the decisions I've had to make. I hope you never have to try to think of the big picture for once in your life. I hope you can stay small as you are now. You know, it was very difficult finding information on you and your friends. There were people in the way. And, and, and Ted and Annie, you're, you're, you're hearing this. He's speaking loudly. Now you hear this sort of clear as a bell. The people you have, have passed, you are responsible for anything that has happened to them. There are plenty of people in our way that, well, they mistake foolishness for honor. They will throw away their own lives for something they believe is morality, but it's really just weakness. I was foolish. It was foolish to think that a pest like you would be nothing more than a fly on the wall watching us this entire time. Who am I fucking kidding? What am I doing here? Atticus is like close to fucking losing it right now. Yeah. Um, but he's about to break. And I I think he wants to just stick a knife in Silas's neck right now. Okay. I think maybe that, that image flashes before Atticus's eyes. Do you think he goes through through with it or... I think he's like about to do it. The impulse is there. And as he, as the tunnel vision expands, he can sense a barrel of a gun. Kind of loosens, loosens his grip on everything, like on the knife and gives up. You loosen it. The guard comes over and like tries to take that sword out of your hand. Yeah, it's gone. As your father <clears throat> takes a knife from his hand on the table and shakes off the blood. You see it's just dripping blood all the way down his forearm and over onto the table. Atticus, you could have been great. Really, I believe that. You had everything, everything handed to you, and somehow it wasn't enough. Just, I think some tears start coming out. Not, No sobs or anything, just a... A broken man. I think your father walks over and hugs you. He wraps his arms around you and and brings you into his chest. And he goes, What did you think this would accomplish? There is no beating this. There is no success in your plan. There is only degrees of failure. Atticus... You and your friends can stop now. None of them will have to die. How can I believe you? You will have my word, Atticus. Just let me just go. I'll leave. I can't do this anymore. Atticus, I can't just let you leave. You know that. Fine. Do with me what you will. You know, part of me admires the people that you've associated yourself with. Their tenacity, their unwillingness to break, 
I went to the police station, got a call that you had been there, committed a crime, came down to see what happened. But of course you weren't there. The chief said you had fled. The law enforcement here is just pitiful, really embarrassing. The young family has completely let these outer districts go. But I stayed around because Rex invited me. He was here on, on business and invited me to join him. And I didn't think that business would involve you. And yet, here we are. I suppose your friends are likely here, yes? I don't know. Right. Right. We'll have the guards check the vicinity. But you all have proved quite slippery in the past. He makes a nod to two guards that just now have entered the room to Jacob. walk out back. Jacob? Yes. <laughs> so, Do we react? This isn't know. looking good. No, it's really not. But for anyone here. I think I did really well, guys. Like as an operative, I think I really came close to securing our mission. Alex, Alex, it was very badass. We might yeah, be just honest. be a little screwed, though. <laughs> uh, partway through that, I was like, so Atticus is just dead. He's just going to get himself killed. <laughs> For okay. sure. It was good, but I thought that was going to be the end. <laughs> He's not out of the woods yet. The thing is, oh, crap. We went here to do like a hostage negotiation, and now they have two hostages, and we have no leverage. And the second they catch us, they'll take our weapons. So yeah, what do you? Yeah, as Jacob said, you could get out, or you could probably hide in the in the hedge maze. Probably could get lost in there. That's maybe a good call. Or you could run. You're probably going to be able to outrun them because they're just searching the vicinity pretty slowly. Mm -hmm. Or you could get the jump on them. Or you could do something else that I haven't thought about. Do we want to? Do we? Do, while you're looking around, instead of like making this big plan, do we want to roll observe a situation like yes. one of you? That's okay. probably for the best. And maybe we'll talk about what else is out there. Or, okay. in, or um, inside. At this than I, am. I probably am. I got a nine. <laughs> a nine. Uh, so mixed success. Uh, so they'll let you ask one question from this list here. Do you have the list pulled up? Yes, I do. I mean, I think the obvious choice would be, what is my best way through this? Yeah, that would make sense to me. Let me ask you what context you're asking that question in. Uh, what's your best way through this to hide? What's your best way through this to get inside? Right, because there, there's a couple of different ways. It depends on your your approach here. What are you trying to accomplish? What is my best way through this to get inside without getting caught? Like, Okay. There is, you see on the back patio, right next to where you are. They're about to come out these doors. There is, you you look around and you hadn't noticed it at first because it, it kind of blends in. It, it's, I mean, it's just a wall, but looking at it, it is a an outdoor like service elevator or like one of those shafts where you like send uh, food up. A dumbwaiter. A dumbwaiter, that's the word I was looking for. There is a dumbwaiter outside that looks like it goes uh, I mean, down into the ground. So that would probably be the way, the only way to get outside or inside. But that would probably be the the way to go. Let's, I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm gonna point it out. Crawl it, I guess. Okay. All right. I'm gonna make you both roll. Act under pressure here because act you are pressure. like rolling. You're running onto the patio where they're about to come out. Like you're not running away, right? You're running kind of towards them. <laughs> And so, roll act under pressure. Someone's helping. I think. Are we telling like Dot to wait outside, or are we? Uh, no, I think we're gonna assume that like okay. she's wherever you are. Okay, great. She's chilling. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. Did you Another roll nine. act under pressure? Or are you the helper, Ted? Who's? <gasps> oh, I'm sorry. I thought we both had to roll. I'll help then. I rolled a nine. Okay, nine total. Uh, Ted, what was the help? Okay, good news. Uh, I rolled the worst ever. So. You, you okay. let me know what happens. So on a fail when helping, your inter interference has unintended consequences. Um, and unhelping. <laughs> yeah, You're why unhelping. do we keep trying this? Just don't help. A Anna, you get in the dumbwaiter, and we'll say, we'll say Dot climbs in there as well. And I think 
Yeah, I think I think you you help and you're trying to like pull the rope a little to let a, a little slack to let yourself be able to fit in that space. And as you do, you pull on something and you release the dumb waiter, and it it with Annie and Dot inside falls onto whatever the lower level is, and you hear it crash down there. Oof. Are they? Annie, you're okay, but you 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 slam onto the ground and you roll out of there and you crash down. Go ahead and roll endure injury. The harm here is only I think it's one. It's not it's not like a crazy Two. fall. So go ahead and endure injury with a one harm. Okay. Uh six. Uh so a total fail? So critical wound? We're doing really well today, guys. <laughs> Can dot Help me in some way, because if I take another critical wound, I die. Wait, like I after will. this one, or if you take this one, you're dead? If I take this one, I'm no, dead. No, I think, well, well no, sure, 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 sure. I think what happens <laughs> is as you hit the ground, you're knocked out. I don't think this fall would kill you no matter what. Okay. Um, I mean, that's better. <laughs> but so, it's not yeah, with this, with a, with a total fail, I think you roll out of the, the cart, and you see just gray stone all around you as your vision fades to black. And Ted, this loud sound has alerted these guards and they are like, <laughs> they are coming out the, the door now and onto the patio. You got to make a quick decision. Where are you going? The dumbwaiter shaft is open. I'm going to jump down the hole. Okay. Uh, all right. That, I think that's an act under pressure for me. <laughs> yeah, easy. Because guess what? Now that I got the shit roll out, watch this real quick. Boom. I'm glad that went my way. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> 11. 11, yeah. You do what you intended. I think you slide into the, the shaft and you are able to step off and you see that Annie and Dot have rolled out and Annie is unconscious. Oh my God. Ted, the room you are in now is a large, a huge basement actually with this just terrible stone gray that is all around you. And it's almost completely dark in here. And you hear something moving far in the far ends of the room, something shuffling around. Atticus, let's come back to you. What are you doing here? Are you not, you're just kind of forfeiting, surrendering? I just don't know if there's anything else I can do. Okay. I think I just save my, my brain power and my willpower for the right moment. Rex comes back in the room and uh, a fourth guard comes over. So you've seen three now. This is the fourth. And he looks very concerned. And he comes up to Rex and he uh, he whispers something. And you don't hear exactly what it is. But um, Rex also looks concerned. And he takes a quick peek at you and then just pivots and, and goes right back out of the room. Hmm. Silas goes, you know, Atticus, it's a... It is a good time to come back to us. Maybe you'll get a chance to see how it all works. The sacrifices we have to make. The only sacrifices you make, Father, are on others' behalfs. Yes, well, nobody else is going to do it, are they? Sometimes, many times, people are, well, I sound cruel, to say not worth it, but sometimes people are not much more than objects in the way. I know that makes me sound cold, Atticus, but I used to think like you, empathetic, trying to save everyone, but I came to realize that the only people we can save are ourselves. We can't wait up for other people we can't count on other people to be great or heroic or make sacrifices for themselves. So sometimes, yes, Atticus, we do have to do it on their behalf. That's the way it works. It's just funny that you did this all to yourself. You could have had me as your little pet, like Francis and his father. But instead you decided to kill the only thing that really mattered to me. Well, it doesn't really help us all that much to have such a weak link. If I'm what you see as weakness, there's something really fucked up about you. You're what I see as disappointing. That's all. I would hate to make you proud. 
yeah, I think he he steps away, not wanting to have this fight anymore. Ted, you're you're in the darkness here, and you hear the guards moving uh, ahead outside in the patio. Your your vision starts to adjust. I want you to observe a situation for me. Easy. My new strategy is just to do all these rolls with confidence. Check it. Eleven. Yeah. Wait, maybe he's on to something. <laughs> okay, uh, so you get uh, two questions from this list. What do you want to ask? Okay. I mean, what is being hidden from me in a dark room feels pretty smart. So. Yeah, that does. <laughs> <laughs> that does uh, probably good. So let's do what is being hidden from me. Okay. And out of the guards and that weird noise I'm hearing, what currently poses the biggest threat? So what's being hidden from you is as your eyes adjust, you see that you are in some kind of dungeon feels like a bad word to describe this, but there are cells in this place, most of them iron bars. And as you look at them, you see that some of them have been like bent in a way that like someone could get out. So that's kind of what's being hidden from you. But what's really being hidden from you or what that thing you're hearing is, is also probably the biggest threat right now. As you kind of get the sense that the guards are maybe heading down the stairs. They're not going to jump down the dumbwaiter, right? But whatever this thing is in here with you is a much more immediate threat. You hear like a, a wheeze, but instead of being like, uh, you know, sporadic. It is like one continuous, like prolonged wheezing sound. And you can feel it inching closer. It's still a ways away and you can't see it. Stop right there. No changes. Okay. So I will take out my flashlight. Okay. And try to observe a situation perhaps. Yeah, flashlight over to where you hear that sound. You see something slinking down out of the light, trying to trying to get against the wall and and under under things. It's like a blue green like sickly color, and doesn't appear to be like a, a creature in the traditional sense of the word. It appears to be like viscous. Does like, it look like? Sort- does- like the goo I have in my little thingy? No, it doesn't look like that. And I'm trying to describe how it doesn't look like that. It's like halfway between gas and liquid, but also like some solid parts in there, literally operating between all three states of matter. And it's it's not in the form of a humanoid or an animal or anything like that. It looks like it's like splitting into parts and trying to move as far away as possible from this light. And as it does that, you smell something in the room that is overpowering you know like you've you've been in the hospital with someone who's like really sick like puking a lot mm-hmm. you know that smell this is what that smells like and yeah that just hits your nose and it's awful uh shining the flashlight trying to like get chunks of this thing you see you see pieces of it like coalescing underneath these stone benches inside one of these cells Thank you for turning on your phone flashlight on the video call. That's going to help the listeners get immersed. Um, you didn't have to say that. They wouldn't have known. Yeah, they wouldn't have known, but I felt it was important that they knew, <laughs> that they know what kind of person I you commit are. to my craft, okay. You see these pieces joining together underneath one of these benches, and you see that here it does join together into like a, a hunched over animalistic form but only like abstractly vaguely vague shapes not entirely joined together there are like bits of like this green blue like gas sort of ebbing and flowing around this shape very strange looking thing okay see now after almost doing something really stupid i'm remembering that i kind of promised grace not to put myself in harm's way of one of these things I think last session, if I remember correctly, because she had been attacked, I think she she had said, like, we're already in harm's way and like Mm. backing down from it is obviously at this point we're in too deep and is only going to make it worse. You're right. That definitely happened. Okay. Let me try to wake Annie up. 
Okay. Yeah, she uh, she's still a little blacked out, but like you can tell her eyes will probably open. Okay, and then obviously I will also wake Dot up. Yeah, um, but as you do that, as you like turn the flashlight back towards them, you hear these things joining together in the darkness again, and you smell that smell. And as you turn around and flash your light towards it, you see now in the center of this cell on the far end of the room, on the far wall, this, now I would describe it as a creature. It's roughly seven feet tall. It is hunched over where its back is almost the same height as its head, if you can call it that. And it is all made of this blue, green, slimy, gassy material. And it slowly slinks towards the cell wall and then morphs through it and starts to slink in your direction, sort of moving sideways, its head cranked at you. That's not good. I mean, the guards already clearly know we're down here, right? So I'm just going to take out my rifle and shoot it. Okay. You take out your rifle and shoot it, and you see as it pierces straight through this like yeah. gas type thing, and that reforms, keeps walking, unfazed. Okay. Had to do that for the science. All right. You see Annie like stir, starts to stir awake. And Annie, the first thing you notice when you wake up is that smell. There's a creature. There's a fucking creature. Uh, uh, what? Oh, oh, um, did you already try to shoot it? Yeah, that didn't work. You tried yelling at it, right? You were like, hands up, I'm a police officer. Yeah, that, that was my first, that was my go-to. Unless, actually, can I try to, like, yell at it as if, like, I'm trying to intimidate a bear type thing? Like, yeah. maybe get it to, like, run up, like, make myself real big and just, like, try to be intimidating? Yeah, I think you do. I think, Ted, you, like, puff up your chest real big and then try to yell, and this thing just slinks forward. Any other you ideas? Can, it sort of comes into the light a little bit, and you see that, like, deep in this, this bluish-greenish head are these deeply inset eyes that feel like the only truly animal or human body part of this thing my god what is it what is it doing down here you see it gets closer and closer and it extends an arm in ted your direction and it stops a few feet from your face and annie you can see just in the light, like faint little particles moving from its hand towards Spores. Ted. And you see Ted, like staring this thing down, immediately go into a coughing fit. And Ted, you feel this thing deep in your lungs. This is like one of those that just will not end. Okay. Interesting. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> this is Hail Mary. Like hands up while I'm coughing. And just be like, wait. <coughs> well. We'll help you get out of here. We'll help you get the fuck out of under here. And you just don't kill us. I'm are, you tra- are you trapped down here? You see the, the eyes crank over to you. And yeah, they're so deep inside this head that it's unnerving. But they look so human. It's almost worse than the sight of the monster, I think. And you feel recognition, but no, no stopping what it's doing. It's not clear exactly what it's doing. Look, we want to get the fuck out of here too. So let's hightail it the fuck out and let's all leave. I think as you like look at it more and, and you know, you're trying to, to convince it to get out. I think more than anything, it looks confused and scared. Its eyes are darting around confused as to where it is. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep my hands up and just sit down. Like, in okay. front of it. And just, like, I am no threat. I'm just going to sit here. Okay. Yeah, you try your best to not look like a threat. I think it mostly stops, like, approaching you. And it's, once again, surveying the rest of the room. Atticus, let's come back to you. Silas leads you into, like, an office. And he goes, Atticus, there's apparently been a problem. I don't know if um something to do with your friends, if they are here, but... um. We have to go deal with that, and 
Well, as much as this might not be reciprocated, I would like to see you safe. So, um, if you'll stay in here for now, I'll come back and get you when, when it's all over and done. Okay. I'm going to look around for anything I can use maybe as some kind of weapon. Yeah, there's some like candlesticks and things. I'll probably go for that. All right, I'll take a candlestick. And then I, I'm going to walk up to the door, pull out the Derringer, and uh, try and blow the lock off. I think that's pretty... I mean, this is a this is like a just a regular door, right? You can shoot yeah. through it. I'm not going to make you roll for that. As you shoot and the, the Deadpool comes off and the door cracks open on its hinge. Okay. And I just made a bunch of noise, so I'm going to like actually hold off for a second and leave the, leave the uh, door like closed. Maybe not immediately like swung open for a second. Okay. Then I'm just going to kind of peek through, kind of see what's going on. Yeah, there's no one in this hallway. Okay. Do I hear any commotion, any movement? Yeah, you hear some commotion uh, coming from the very end of the hallway, like a, into that left room, whatever's going on over there. Okay, um, can I roll Daredevil to enter a dangerous yeah, situation? Sure. Okay. sure, sure, sure. I roll, oh wow, really good. Um, well, good thing I have a plus two because that's a seven. So two edges, so I will do get out of the way and get the jump on them. So avoid an attack and harm your opponent before they can Kay. react. Okay, great. Um, you creep down this hallway, and you and you hear the voices get louder. And it is uh, it is Rex and two of the guards, and your father talking. Are you you're like staying right around the corner? Yeah. Is there any rooms around here? Yeah. There's a there's a room. There's like a, a bathroom. Yeah. I kind of want to like as quiet as I can, get into that doorway. Okay. And try and hear what they're saying. Yeah. You you get into that doorway. And you snoop in on what they're saying. It seems like just by the way they're talking, I guess the way their voice echoes too, like they're they're standing over a, a stairwell right now. And you hear Rex talking and he goes, it seems like uh, it got out of its cell. This was sort of unpredictable. And it doesn't seem like one that we're going to easily contain. What do we do now? And Silas goes, um... Stay calm. I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure we can find something to do with it. One of? You're telling me one of these things got out of their cell? Okay. Do they? I'm gonna try and just hang out for a second, see if they leave the stairwell. I think no. I think they're gonna stay there because I think one of the guards goes. There were three people, um, and we believe they went down the dumbwaiter, and are uh, down there. So I don't know what the. Like, should we go in there? Or Rex goes, no, stay stay out here. We'll see what happens. Hmm, I wonder what that guard did with my sword. Can I think back to where he went? Yeah. I think he went out to, like, search with the other two. Okay, so can I hold on to this location in my head and go outside and try and find this dumbwaiter? Yeah. Because I reasonably, it would be in the direction of me. For from yep. me towards the staircase, right? Correct. And also you can you can judge that your friends were outside. So yes, you go out avoiding the guard that you see searching right at the edge of the hedge maze. You see this dumbwaiter that is like the rope has snapped. Hmm. Wait, the guard that was seen doing the hedge maze, was that the one that took the sword? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. Can I get the jump on him and try and like knock him out with my daredevil? I think it's Great. Just like a so then, yeah, you go, bulk. you like sneak around the edge of the patio and jump out from the patio and it, going for the knockout, you hit this guy like on the back of the head and he just momentarily like falls to the ground and you pick up your sword. Yeah. And I'm in down. Okay. Down the dumbwaiter. Yeah. Um, you jump down and you see this situation that's, that's happening here that I have described previously. You see Annie like is barely conscious. Ted is like shining his flashlight at this creature that is like right in front of them now. And you hear the wheezing and you you uh, smell the, this awful smell. I do my little superhero landing. Oh, Ted? Shh. Annie? Oh, okay. Just, um... We're all good here. Perfectly safe. Don't touch this thing. What the fuck is that thing? We're not sure, but it's not actively trying to hurt us right now. Okay, because the people upstairs 
were extremely frightened of these things or this thing, whatever it is. Like they would, Good. they are not coming down here. They're waiting for this thing to kill us or kill you. Okay, well, that the good news is that's not going to happen because... Okay, so there's a door on the other side of this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. And is that the door that leads to the stairway that everybody is on? Yes, correct. Okay, so we could definitely cause some chaos if we just go open that door and let this thing out. I think that's a good idea. I agree. Okay, so I... are you guys like friends with this thing? Can I just can I just Well we're we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. I want to try one thing really quickly. I'm I'm gonna look at our new friend here, you know, hands up and little mask on. I'm not trying to approach it or do anything. I'm just gonna say, Do you recognize my friend and I? Um, go ahead and read a person. Oh no. Oh. I have a really bad feeling about oh, this. Oh no! I have a really bad feeling. Is about it this teal? Oh, it's blue green. And it has human eyes, dude. That's mm-hmm. the if that's the case, this is the most horrific thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Eleven total. Damn. Eleven total. Yeah. You're looking at this, this hulking abomination as it just ever slinks closer towards you. And you see as the eyes flip up towards you, this recognition, these are Teal's eyes. 